0: Isaiah chapter 9, let's read this together beginning in verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Okay, so Isaiah is writing to people that were in distress. They were going through hard times. And uh, the first eight chapters, he's, he's just warning them, hey, don't turn away from God. Because you've turned away from God, all these things can happen. And all of a sudden in chapter nine, he has a, a good news. Verse two says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Anybody want God to enlarge your blessings? Come on and increase your joy. Come on, that's the God that we serve. And it says, They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Verse 4. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for fire. Verse 6. This is the one we've been looking at for several weeks. It says this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come on, that's the gift that we have in Jesus. We said for the month of December, let's look at these four names, four phrases that Isaiah has used In Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's look at them. What do they mean? What what does Isaiah mean by calling Jesus the gift? These names. We talked about Wonderful Counselor. Anybody glad that we have an extraordinary strategist this morning? Come on, we talked about that several weeks ago. Last week, we talked about Mighty God. Come on, anybody glad that we have a God who's a warrior on our side? Oh, come on, anybody at 11 a.m., two people. Come on, anybody glad? This is the God that we have. Today... I want to talk to you about Everlasting Father. I want you to write that down. I'm going to talk to you out of the subject Everlasting Father. What does it mean? What does Isaiah mean? I pray that today as we talk about the Everlasting Father, we'll leave out of here better than we came in. I believe every single time we have an appointment with God, our lives will always be better, bigger, and more full of blessings than when we came in. And I believe that today can be the best day of your life if you just lean in and open up your heart to God. Amen? Come on, let's close our eyes, bow our head. Let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift, Jesus. We pray that today we will see you more clearly. God, have your way. Thank you for this community. Thank you for this church. God, we love Calvary. Thank you for what you're doing here in Kendall and in the city campus. The 9 a.m. was awesome. Thank you for the 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. Thank you for the 7 p.m. tonight in Wynwood. God, we pray that you have your way. I pray that if anybody walked in broken, hurt, lost, they will find direction, hope, and healing in you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move through every aisle, every seat. Bring it in comfort and healing, God, to every heart. God, we declare that today will be the best day of our lives because if you're for us, who can be against us? It is in Jesus' name. All God's people say Amen. Oh, come on. All God's people say Amen. 11 a.m. One more time. Can you give God a big, big shout of praise? Come on. Come on. I I have this thing that I struggle with. I'm going to open up my heart and and be honest with you this morning. I I, I struggle with FOMO. Anybody here struggle with FOMO? FOMO. One person. Okay. Maybe this is, anybody anybody here doesn't know what FOMO is? If you don't know what FOMO is, okay, 100%. So that'll help me. That way I'm not the only one being judged and criticized and looked at. Me and Mike, we were the only ones. FOMO stands for fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, right? So you don't want to, (laughs) all together, oh, you don't don't want to miss out on anything, so you want to be a part of everything, okay? So let me ask one more time. Anybody here, uh, you you suffer a FOMO. You want to be a part, you like hanging out, friends, okay, fine, thank you, I'm not alone. Now we got 50%. Actually, I'm glad that, Mike, you raised your hand. Uh, me and Mike, I think we suffer from the same thing. We we suffer a FOMO. Uh, we like hanging out. So, for example, uh, Sundays are awesome, right? Sundays for us, this is the finals. This is Super Bowl Sunday every single week. We love it. We get to be with family, with friends. We have an awesome time. I, I get to see Mike. I get to see so many friends, family, right? I get to hear Nate sing every Sunday. That's a blessing on itself. I, I, I get to, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. And we start early in the morning. Some people get here at 6.30. 7 o'clock in the morning, we roll in about 7.20, 30 in the morning, and uh, we have services all day long. As you know, we'll finish tonight, uh, probably around 10 o'clock at night, we're finishing in Wynwood. After that, we're, we're hungry, tired, and just been serving Jesus all day long. So we go grab some burgers, and just uh, after Sundays, we just go hang out, and we talk about life, we talk about ministry, and sometimes just talking and hanging out with friends, uh, we'll end up hanging out till about midnight. So tonight, we'll probably finish around midnight. And uh, you know, me, I'm the type that, I don't want the party to finish. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, it's been an amazing day. I'm already tired. I'm going to keep going until I drop. Like, I'm just going to, let's keep talking Jesus. Let's keep talking church, family, friends. Uh, Mike, uh, for some reason, he says he gets up early. He wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning to work out. I don't believe it. But um, he, he's always like, ah, I got to go. I'm going to go home. I'm a little bit tired and all that. I'm like, Mike, Mike, what's going on? So, so we have this thing back and forth, actually, where uh, I'm like, why do you got to go? Okay, so now lately, I'm the one that's going home, and he's the one that's after me. Yeah. And he's like, hey, where are you going? I want to hang out. I don't want this thing to finish. How many know it's great when a party starts, and it's not so good when a party finishes? Right. Nobody likes endings. Friday night, we were all hanging out because it was Daniela's birthday, uh, Phil's girlfriend, who uh, we're trying to tell him to hurry up and make her his fiance, But, um, yeah. but, but we were all hanging out, and uh, the party, uh, we were just there hanging out, eating at a restaurant. The party was finishing, and Mike, Mike I found out for the past hour, was telling Stephanie, let's go home. I'm tired. So what we did was like, all right, everybody have a good night. We all jumped in a car, and we showed up at their house. <laughs> they had zero idea. We were waiting, right, for them at their house. And uh, they actually took forever because Stephanie wanted McDonald's ice cream at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, when they get home, we're all there, ended up crashing his house to like 3 o'clock in the morning, talking live ministry, Jesus, and FOMO. Um <laughs> We don't want nothing to finish. A, a, a beginning of something is awesome, but we never want to end something. July 11, 2014. July 11, 2014, to me, would be the worst date uh, probably ever. It's when LeBron James announced that he was going back to Cleveland. <laughs> right? 2010 was the beginning of an incredible incredible heat dynasty that I thought was gonna last at least ten years and we were gonna be multiple multiple not one not two not three not four multiple championships July 11th he says he's going back to the place that nobody wants to go to Cleveland who goes there but anyways it, it was the end of something we oh we got people from Cleveland I love Cleveland it's one of the best cities in the world oh my god I love it I'm glad you're here so good <laughs> We're glad you're here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Cleveland. God's favorite city. I'm kidding. We're glad you're here. I, I, like, I like the start of something. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I was upset he left. I don't like the finish of something. Right In life, a lot of things will start off great, but many times they'll end off wrong when they end off wrong, we, we don't like when things end. I don't want things to end. There's something about something ending that we don't. You know what I believe, church? I believe so many people are living with an end mentality about their life. They believe that their life has come to an end. They believe that their purpose has come to an end. They believe that in life they have no more purpose. They believe that their greatest days are actually behind them, not in front of them. They say, oh, I had a great career at one point. Uh, I had a great job. I had a great marriage at one point. I, I lived my life. I, I did so much. I, I served God with so much passion at one point. But now, uh, not so much. We lose energy and passion and zeal for the things of God and for life because we're living with an end mentality. We say, oh, this is it. I I don't believe God can use me. Leave that for the young people. Leave that for. God wants to use each and every single person, despite of age, background, despite of where you come from. We need a church full of people that have a mentality that the best days are in front of us, not behind us. Be careful how you think, because your thought life will become your walk life. Right? What you're thinking will ultimately become who you are. Well, how do you think about life? Are you walking around saying, this is my life? It's, it's ended. Everything has come to an end. I had this moment in my life where it was great, but it's ended. That season ended, and there's no way God can start a brand new, awesome season in my life. It's, it's ended. Be careful. How, you, how are you thinking? How are you navigating through life? Because when things end, sometimes they end complicated, right? And life can get really complicated really quick. All of a sudden, a great career, a great job will end and you're like, where am I going to go to next? What job am I going to how, how am I going to provide for my family? This is complicated. This is complex. A relationship ends, a marriage ends, and you're like, okay, am I ever going to find somebody else? Am I ever going to be able to start another family? This is complicated. And life can get complicated when things end. wonder how life is looking for you. Maybe you're in here today and you walked in and you're saying, Alex, this is me. Uh, I just feel like my purpose is done. I just feel like my marriage is done. I just feel like I, I have no way to continue moving forward. Some people walked in here and, and you just finished getting divorced and you feel like this is the end of my life. Some people walked in here and, and your job just finished letting you go and they gave you a layoff and you're saying, man, is this it? This, there's no other reason to look forward and keep going. I'm at the End. What I love about Jesus is that with God, every single day is a brand new beginning. Come on, we serve a God that every morning there's new mercy, there's new grace, come on, there's new power, there's healing power. Come on, anybody believe that with God, there is always a brand new beginning. You don't have to live with your head down. You don't have to look sideways. With God, his grace is made new each and every single day. You walked in here today with new grace on your side, with new mercy on your side. I'm not dwelling on yesterday. I'm not dwelling on past sins. I'm looking at new grace that God gave me today. This is the God that we serve. Isaiah is writing to people that are in the middle of a complicated situation. Isaiah is a prophet. He hears from God. He writes to the people of God. And when he's writing this, the people of God, they're in a messy situation. I mean, the situation is messed up. They're near the end of their kingdom here on earth. They feel like this is it. Uh, our kings have all gone bad. This, this thing is about to end. There's a rising superpower called the Assyrians that are invite to, it, uh, they're about to invade us, and they're about to take us all as hostages, as slaves, and, and this is it. Our, home, our hometown is done. Our home city is, is completely going to be destroyed. This is the end of where we come from. This is it. This is it. God has promised us so much, but... But the the opposition is too great. What's coming against me is too much. I know God promised us. I know God has a lot of things for us. But but this, this is where we're going to finish off. And so, as we've been talking about the past few weeks, because they felt like there was no more hope. They felt like they've been wandering confusion, complexity, chaos. They begin to do whatever they want. And so they run and they turn from God. Because they turn from God, they end up with hopelessness. How many know that every single time you turn away from God, you're going to end up without hope? Uh, If you're here today and you think that you will have hope with a life away from God, you will never have hope away from Jesus. Uh, Nowadays, you see so many people talking about that they're self-made. Right? The other day, I was reading an article by this one artist that says, well, I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm self-made. Nobody made me. I made myself. You made yourself. Well, let me see you do yourself again. Can you create another you, <laughs> right? Since you're self-made, let's go and ca- How many know every single blessing we have comes from God? Right. Ain't nobody self-made. If there's anything good that we do with our hands, anything that we can do with our life, it's only the common grace of God that is given to men that he gives us the ability to create wealth, to do a life, and to create a life. But self-made is no one. And so the minute we turn away from God, you're going to end up in hopelessness. If you want to live a life full of hope, if you want to live a life full of grace, full of mercy, it's only live with God. And so today, if you're far from God, you can get close to him, you can know him, you can walk out of here with a relationship with God, and you can walk away full of hope. The people of God are far from hope. They, they, at this point, they are running wild. They're doing whatever they want. This looks like Las Vegas on fire. Like they're doing whatever they want. They're running and turning from God. They are upset because this is the end of everything that God has promised them. And a lot of times when you can't see the future, when you don't have vision from God, you'll end up running crazy. A lot of us, we, we are reckless today because we can't believe that God wants to do something in our tomorrow. We say, well, God can't do anything in my marriage anymore, so might as well go cheap. It's really quiet at 11 a.m. Well, God can't do anything else in my relationship, so might as well just give up, right? Because we have no vision for what happened. These people had no vision. And Isaiah is warning them through eight chapters. In chapter 9, he begins to talk about something that God is going to do. God is going to bring in new hope into the picture. God is a God of always of new hope. And that's why I love it. When we come to church, I love that we always, that's why Sunday night we don't want to go home, me and Mike. We love it because our heart is full of expectancy and hope. Because we just experienced a full day of people getting saved, people getting delivered, people finding Jesus. Every single time we come to God, there's new hope. Heard somebody say one time, well, people go to church, they should go home challenged and upset about their life. I said, no, that's not the God that I serve. Every single time I come to God, he confronts me, he convicts me, but then he gives me grace, hope, love. He picks me up and he sets me on my path. If you're here today and you're hopeless, I'm telling you, you're in the right place. God always brings hope. Through Isaiah, he brings hope. And Isaiah says, this son is coming to us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Look what he says. "It For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called. Come on, let's say it together. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. Isaiah saying, this child is going to be born. This son has been given to us. It's a gift that God has given humanity. Humanity decided at a complicated time to give humanity a gift. And the gift is Jesus Christ. It's what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. If this is your first week with us, we've been talking about this for a little bit. And you're in the right place because today we're talking about Jesus, who is the greatest hope, the greatest answer that you could ever find in life. And Isaiah says, well, this child is coming. We can put it right back up. This child is coming. And Isaiah describes them in four names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We describe what Wonderful Counselor was. We describe what Mighty God was. Today we're looking at Everlasting Father. Because Isaiah is using these these names that have some weight to them. This is heavy. He doesn't just say, this is going to be a cute baby. This is going to be an awesome uh, 8-pound, 6-ounce baby Jesus who's going to look awesome. No, he gives him titles that refer to his character. This gift is a powerful gift. This gift that's coming to humanity is going to change history forever. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God, today everlasting Father. Now, we look at this, and some people might get confused and say, well, what was he talking about? Was he talking about, like, Father God and Jesus? I'm a little bit confused. And No, what he's talking about here in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, there's two words. Everlasting Father in the Hebrew is Abi Ad. Abi Ad. Abi means father, right, a father figure. Ad means forever, wow. eternity, everlasting. In other words, the translation could be like this. A son is going to be given to us who's going to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, And the father of eternity. In other words, Jesus is coming down to earth to usher in a brand new kingdom, a brand new way of life, a brand new way of living with new morals, with new vision, with new grace, a new way to live, a new way to be human. You don't have to be subject to a system, to a man made government. You don't have to live enslaved to sin. Jesus is fathering a brand new age in which it is full of grace. He's the father of a brand new age. And that age is everlasting forever and ever and will never have no end. To the people of God, this is huge because their kingdom is about to end their kings have all gone sideways. Remember, they wanted a king way back in the day. They got Saul, then they got David, then they got Solomon, and then they started getting all these kings. All these kings were great for a while, but then they all ended up going sideways, serving idols. They wouldn't follow God. There was only one or two good ones that followed through, but at the end of the day, they all seemed to die, fail in one way or another, and Isaiah said, don't you worry, because a child is coming, and this king is going to be an eternal king to his kingdom. There will be no end. In this kingdom, you'll always have peace. You'll always have light. You'll always have a guide. He's the father of everlasting. He's a father of eternity. Today have you walked in burdened by life? Today have you walked in heavy with problems? Today have you walked in saying, Alex, I'm tired of the way my marriage is going. I'm tired of the way my life is going. Everything seems to end bad. I got good news for you. Jesus gives you a brand new life, and it's an eternal life that will never end full of peace, grace, mercy, hope. Come on, in Jesus, we can live forever full of his grace. Jesus comes into the picture, the gift of humanity, and he says, hey, here I come to offer you a brand new way of life. Are you tired of the way you've been living? Are you trying to follow around kingdoms of this world, governments of this world, presidents of this world? We're putting our hope in our office when the hope should be in the throne of heaven. And he says this new king is going to start a new life, and if you're subject to his kingdom, you'll always have peace. You'll always have light, and to his life, there will never be an end. He's going to usher in a brand new way of life. He calls him the father because he is going to start something new. The founding fathers of the country, they instituted a brand new way. So we call them the founding fathers, right? Anybody who starts something, anybody who owns anything, we call them father. Father figures. There's, there's the father of wisdom. There's the father of modern medicine. There's different fathers. Jesus is the father of eternal life. He's going to come to humanity. And he's going to say, you don't have to live now just for the temporary You don't have to live to a momentary life. You don't have to live enslaved. You don't have to live and wonder when you die. Is this it? Jesus is the father of eternal life that forever you will have peace, love, hope, joy. This is the greatest gift of all time. This morning you came in tired. You came in frustrated. Come on. Anybody glad that we have a gift in Jesus and he's the father of eternal life? With the father of eternal life, what Isaiah is telling them is saying, hey, Don't worry, a great light's coming, and this light will never be shut off. This light is gonna show you the path. This morning, I wanna share with you three quick things as I wrap it up that I hope can help you this Christmas about the everlasting Father or the Father of eternity. What I love about the Father of eternity, what I love about the everlasting Father, is that with him, we can trust and not fear. Trust and not fear. This new king, you know what he brings actually to humanity? This new king, what he brings is security. Security. All of us in life, in one way or another, are looking for security. We want something to secure our life. Uh, A couple of months ago, we went up to um, Orlando with my whole family, right? We were in Orlando, and we went to Universal Studios. And I went with my nephews. My nephews are about 10 years old and 7 years old. And we were up there in Orlando, and we all decided to get on this new ride. It's a brand-new King Kong ride, right? Skull Island. And it is amazing. It is awesome. But the moment we started walking into the line, my nephews both started to shake. They are terrified of everything at this point in their life, right? They are terrified. We're going through the line. We're trying to calm them down. Down. Me and my dad are talking, and we're like, it's going to be okay. It's just a big monkey. Everything's going to be all right. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be... And, and so I started telling them, hey, everything is fake. You're going to see this thing? It's fake. Those are all screens. That's my solution to life right now is to tell them everything's fake. And hey, it's fake. Everything's going to be fake. There's a fake car. Some a fake jungles. a fake monkey. Everything's going to be okay. They were terrified. They wouldn't listen to a word I said. We got on the ride, and they, you should see the way they started screaming. Like, they were... They didn't care about what was fake, what was real. They were screaming. They were terrified. They were shaking. I was embarrassed. I wanted to get off the ride. I said, I don't know these people. I don't know these kids. I, I don't. I don't I have no idea who they are. And the reason they were afraid was because they didn't trust my word. They didn't trust my word. I'm there telling them, hey, buddy, it's going to be okay. This is fake. He's not going to grab you. We're not going anywhere. Look at all the people that get out at the end of the line. I'm laughing on the ride. (laughs) This is awesome, but he didn't trust my word. A lot of us, we have fear in life because we haven't trusted the eternal Father. Right? Wherever there is a lack of trust, there's going to be a surplus of fear. Right? And so some of us, we have fear in, in some areas of our life. We say, well, I'm afraid for my marriage. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if God can do anything with it because you have a lack of faith in your marriage. You say, well, God can't do anything with this relationship. God can't do nothing with this hard-headed, I mean, this man of God next to God. You know, I love this guy, right? And so we, we lack faith in certain areas. Well, I don't know if God can get me out of debt. I have this financial mess in my life, and it's been years and years and years. I seem like I can never go up. I'm swallowed in debt. I feel like this is going to be my life forever, and we feel like we are stuck. Well, there's a lack of faith that God can do something in your finances. Right? Wherever there's a lack of faith, there's going to be a surplus of fear. Where are you afraid? He is the eternal father. He's the father of everlasting. He brings security because in him there will never be no end. Nothing can stop the reign of Jesus Christ. And because he can't be stopped, because he can't be impeached, because he can't be taken down, he stands forever and his truth remains forever. You can bank your life on the truth of Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody glad? That's why why the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the same. If he told you yesterday that he was going to do it, you better believe today he's going to remain faithful to that promise. If he told you that he has a calling and a purpose in your life, it doesn't matter what obstacles you come across. It doesn't matter what sin, what barrier may try to hold you back. His calling is irrevocable. He's going to hold on to that promise. Come on. He's the God that we can trust with no fear. Are you trusting in this holiday season or are you holding on to fear? saying, I I don't believe his word. I I don't know if I can believe him. I've seen obstacle after obstacle. I've seen things that always hold me back. Alex, it seems like my life is a vicious cycle. It ends and begins away, always in a brand new way that I don't like, that I'm I'm not happy with. I'm upset with the way my life is going. I got news for you. God is a God of good promises, and his promises never fail. He's the father of eternal life. Today, if you don't like the way your life is going, you can start a brand new life today. A brand new beginning today. Humanity, we were all born into sin because of Adam. At the end of the day, we're all children of Adam. We all come from one father, Adam. The first Adam in the garden disobeyed God. And because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, we're not all born into this sin. Well, because this is our father figure. Our father figure disobeyed God and went into sin, so not all of humanity is born in sin. Humanity is just born. You don't have to teach a little kid how to steal. You don't have to teach a little kid how to scream in King Kong rides. You don't have to, you don't have to teach a kid. Of, I mean, you're born already a sinner. But the Bible describes a second Adam that came down, the gift of all humanity. A new father. That's why when you are now a believer of Jesus Christ, when you decide to follow Jesus Christ, we call it being born again. And unless you're born again, nobody will see the Father. We all have to go through a rebirth, and that's putting our faith and our trust into this new way of life. It's a new kingdom that never ends. This life goes on forever. So no matter what happens on this side of eternity, I already have eternal life with the Father of everlasting, with the everlasting Father. Even though my, my body may die, my soul is forever with the King of everlasting. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. We could put it up really quick. In our first birth, we come into the fatherhood of the fallen one. In our second birth, we enter into the fatherhood of the innocent and perfect one. In our first fatherhood, we wear the image of the earthy. In the second, we receive the image of the heavenly. Today, you can walk out of here with a brand new image. Today, you can walk out of here. The Bible says all who are in him have become a new creation. You don't have to carry around that guilt or that shame anymore. We have trust and security in the everlasting father. I love him because in him, we can trust and not fear. The second thing is that we can receive and not want. In the everlasting father, we can receive and not want. You know, life is full of wants, right? Yesterday, me and Dana, we went to the mall, like I told you, and it was absolutely the worst decision we could have made, (laughs) It looks like there was a million people per store, and you couldn't walk, you couldn't breathe. There was no parking, and it was just, I mean, Christmas time at the mall. How many know it's it's just a bad time? And uh, so we were all over the place, and somewhere around the middle of the mall, there's a a guy there dressed as Santa, and everybody's taking pictures with Santa, and little kids are crying with Santa, and it's just, it's funny to walk around. And uh, all of a sudden, I saw a little mailbox that said, uh, Santa's wish list, right? Fill out a paper, and uh, put this wish list to Santa. And I was like, man, this is human nature. We start off as kids with wants, and then we get into adults, and we continue with wants. Right? A lot of us are in here, and it's like, what, what, what do you want? I just, I just want more. I just want more. And just... Man, but you live a good life. I know, but I just want a little bit more. Right? Nobody's satisfied. Man, but it seems like you have a good job, and man, you got a great position. I know, but my position's all right, but I wish I could get a little bit more. Right? I don't know who talks like that, but somebody more, you know. <laughs> Man, you have a great family, a great wife, great kid. Yeah, man, but it's one, man, I don't know, maybe a little bit more. I don't know, she, she's a little bit hard-headed. I want a new wife, man. It's like, what? We all want more. Man, that's a beautiful car you got. Is it brand new? That's awesome. want another one It's already a little bit too old, six months old. I want a new car, right? We want more, more, right? Humanity's always wanting more. Right, And so we come to this earth, we live all this life, all these years, and eventually we come to find out that nothing satisfies us. Given all the more that you can get, you can get more money, more cars, more materialistic things, more relationships, more houses, more as much as you want. Get as much as you want in life. Nothing will satisfy our soul. And we keep on wanting peace, wanting love, wanting somebody to be there for us. What I love is that in the eternal father, in the everlasting father, in the father of eternity, every single need is filled and satisfied in him. Jesus says, are you thirsty? Come to me, and you'll thirst no more. Are you hungry? Come to me, and I'll satisfy your hunger. In Jesus, there's no more wanting, no more wishing, no more asking. He'll feel is satisfied. What money can't, what relationships can't, what houses can't, in Jesus, we have all the satisfaction we could ever find. Because he's the father of eternally. He will satisfy you eternally. He'll satisfy every single desire of my soul we run and chase trying to f- find something in this life to fill us people today are walking everywhere trying to find some peace trying to find some hope trying to find love we'll do we'll, we'll go we'll do some crazy things for love i've seen people end up in the worst relationships just because they want to feel accepted and they end up with a, like just the worst person for them say like, why did you end up that relationship There is just a sense that you want it to be validated, you want it to be loved, you want it to be recognized because the human soul wants this. But in Jesus, everything is provided because he is the creator of eternity. He's the father of everlasting. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says that my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Did you walk in needy today? Did you walk in today looking for peace, for hope, for love, looking for something, trying to hope that this holiday season may look a little bit different? I got the answer for you. His name is Jesus. And he'll provide for you everything that you ever want. Looking, searching, hungry, tired. I want, want, want. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink. Do not worry about your body or what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you you by worrying add a single hour to your life? We're worried. We're looking. We're searching. We're asking. Trying to find. And at the end of the day, Jesus says that none of that will add anything to your life. But come to the everlasting Father. He's better than any king, any president, any senator, any congressman. He's better than any teacher. He's better than any guide. He's better than any person, any mentor. He's the greatest gift that has come to humanity. He's the one who will lead us, guide us. Is Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of life. He's the king of kings. The Lord of lords, the greatest gift that humanity has ever gotten. He's everlasting father, the father of all eternity. Today we can walk out of here different. Everlasting Father. Last but not least, in Jesus we can trust and not fear. We can receive and not want. Last but not least, we can can be loved and not be lost. So many people walking around lost. So many people wanting to be loved. This holiday season, some people, I heard yesterday somebody saying, I wish that this Christmas I could spend time with my family. People are trying to find some kind of satisfaction for their soul, for their life, for their heart. What I love about the Everlasting Father is that He's a Father who loves us. Yes, He's the initiator, the originator, the source of eternal life, but He's also the Father who's going to shepherd us, who's going to guide us, who's going to lead us. A lot of people have problems. We have a difficult time seeing God as a Father because our earthly Father was a bad example, right? And so when we hear Eternal Father or Father of Everlasting, we're like, Uh, I don't know if God, it's difficult for for me to see God as a father because I never had a father. My father walked out on me. My father never called me. I never spent a Christmas with my father. I don't know my father. He never loved me. He never said he was proud of me. He never did anything. But here comes the father of everlasting. And he says, I'm going to give you a greater example. Your heart has been searching for a father figure because at the end of the day, we all need a father figure. And Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, he says, I am the good shepherd. He's going to lead us, guide us, be with us, protect us, love us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to abandon us. He promised to be with us forever. And it says that he's going to come father us. I believe this holiday season, what some of us need is the father to come. It's Jesus who's going to take care of his children who are born again by him. The sheep of his pasture to come and love on you, to come and guide you to come and help you this holiday season. I'm glad because this holiday season, I have a great shepherd, a good shepherd, an awesome shepherd who loves me, who's gonna lead me by green pastures, never lead me, never forsake me. He's by my side. John, John chapter 10, Jesus says this, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. He says, I take care of my sheep. Did your father walk out on you? Did you grow up with a bad family image? I know. Time and time again, that's all we hear. I thank God that I had an amazing dad who's my hero, who I want to be half the man that he ever was. But a lot of people didn't, and so they can't see God this way. Jesus says, I'll be your father. Jesus says, I'll shepherd you, I'll guide you, I'll lead you. And when you hear my voice, you'll recognize it. And I got nothing but blessings. I got nothing but good things for you. You can trust me. I'll love you. You can receive from me. I got my hand on your life. Today you can be part of the kingdom of God. Ultimately, what I love about Jesus is that he's the great shepherd who comes and fulfills all of his promises. The everlasting father, which every single word that came out of him. The Bible says that in him every promise is yes and amen. He'll carry it out. John chapter 10, verse 10. Remember this, that a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came so that we may have life and life to the full. Do you feel like you're lacking in life? Do you feel like you don't have enough in life? Do you feel like you can't find peace? You can't find a source? You can't find love? Come to the eternal Father. In him, you can trust him, you can receive from him, and you can be loved by him. His word never fails. His promises always stand. He is faithful and true. He's the father of everlasting. His kingdom will never come to an end. Today, you can trust him. Today, you can have a brand new beginning that will never have an end. It's a brand new life that will never be done. In Jesus, we have life and life to the full. Come on, can we give Jesus a big hand? Let's stand up to our feet. I'm gonna ask the whole church to get up on their feet. i want gonna wrap up service right now with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this place. If you're in here today and this is your first, second time with us or third time, maybe you've been coming for a month, two months, six months, maybe you've been coming for a while and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far from God. I feel like God wants nothing to do with me. I, I feel guilty and ashamed of some of the things that I've done in my life. It's called sin and the Bible says that all of us are sinners, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. And we've all failed God in one way or another. We've offended God. We've lied. We've cheated. We've done something that has offended God. The Bible says that sin separates us from God, but that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame, went up on the cross and he paid for the sins of humanity. Jesus went down to a grave and after three days he resurrected. He's alive. Today he wants to give you a brand new beginning. Today you don't have to worry about every good thing ending. Because in Jesus is the greatest thing that will never end. Come on, with every eye closed while the church is praying i want the whole church praying come on i want leaders praying staff praying if you're in here if you're a connect group leader i want you praying today there's people here struggling and you're saying alex i want new life alex i want a brand new beginning i'm tired of the way i'm living life i'm tired of going down the same cycle i want a fresh brand new beginning you can have one in jesus he offers forgiveness of sins i'm going to count to three in just a moment and when i count to three if you're here and you say alex i i want a relationship with god alex i want a brand new start i want forgiveness of my sins at the count of three i want you to raise your hand where you're at I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna single you out. I'm just gonna see you for a second, and then you can put it right back down. Come on, at the count of three. If that's you, you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place, as high as you can, as high as you can. Awesome, awesome. God bless you, 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 and you, and you, and you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anybody else? You raise your hand. If you're outside in the lobby, in the overflow, and additional seating, if you're on the radio, If you're watching online, you can make this decision too. All of you who raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it out loud together with you. We're a family together, and we believe this is a special moment for you. Come on, say this with me out loud. I believe that God is here. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.